Special Shop features authentic goods inspired by the original Texas Ranch. Zach Taylor alongside Billy Lucci with you. Yes, we are going to talk about Texas A&M's game against Mississippi State on Saturday. Obviously a lot of uh, bad things, negative things, I guess you could say about the game, as well as some positives, so we'll go over those coming up. Also touching on the new AP poll, how it's shaken out. We'll hear from Jimbo Fisher, head man for Texas A&M football here in just a little bit. It's our segment, Jimbo Says, brought to you by B&B Automotive, celebrating 35 years, and the Brazos Valley is no small feat, and B&B Automotive couldn't have done it without you so we will hear from Jimbo Fisher coming up and as always our final segment will be our Ask Billy segment we'd love for you to uh, fill out some cards I know that Carly and uh, Kobe have passed out some cards to the crowd here so they can fill those out and bring them up to us for the final segment we can also have some texts in at 979-693-1150 if there's a question you would like to ask Billy we can save those for the final segment um, something that came out today Texas A&M it's kickoff time against Missouri has been set. The Aggies and Tigers will kick things off at 11 a.m. on October 16th in Columbia. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, mark it on your calendars. If you're headed to the game, of course, you can uh, get an early start on tailgating, I guess. It kegs and eggs, I believe, is, uh, is the term that gets thrown around quite a bit. But if you are uh, watching or listening to the game here on The Zone, you can get up in plenty of time. And our poor guys are going to be doing the pregame shows for that, of course, we'll have to get up a little bit earlier maybe than the average bear as they kick things off at 3 o'clock for their coverage. But uh, overall, Texas A&M, 11 o'clock game. Never like to see that this time of the year, but it kind of is what it is. And I love it. I, I really – so this is the thing. Fans hate 11 o'clock games. Media mm-hmm. folks love 11 o'clock games, especially if it's not necessarily a marquee matchup because you, you get that game out of the way and then you can kind of move on to – some of the bigger games later on in the day, those 2.30s and those 6 o'clock kicks. But that being said, Texas A&M and uh, Missouri going to kick things off at 11. Um, Luch, the AP continues its shakeup. I did not realize this. This was actually Phil still tweeted this out. 34 losses by ranked teams is the most through five weeks since the AP poll has been around in 1936. Really? So that's the most times that a ranked team has lost because we've, we've talked about this before on the show, how, man, it seems like every single week there's an upset or a near upset. Well, in fact, there's more upsets, at least with the AP poll uh, and the rankings than there ever have been. But 34 ranked teams, of course, Texas A&M being one of those on Saturday. Uh, you look at the at the shakeup, though, there at the very top, Alabama remains uh, number one. Georgia is number two. Now, Oregon did lose. So the, the Ducks ended up getting knocked off of their number three spot, so they are now at least on the outside looking in at the college football playoff. Iowa's at number three and Penn State number four. Are you pretty good with those four teams being at the top right now? Right now, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Penn State is going to stay. I mean, Penn State's best thing they did was they beat a one – is it a, Wisconsin two and three One now? and three. One and three Wisconsin – and they beat an Auburn team that, you know, like they should have lost to Georgia State. Now they came back and beat LSU. But who's LSU? They got stomped by UCLA, and UCLA lost to Fresno. Like, nope, you could do this with everyone right now. But I just watch football, and I don't think that Penn State is that good. Could this be a back-end way for Ohio State to get back yeah, in the CFP? Yeah, for sure. Because sure. if they beat Penn State, then they're back in it, right? I, let's look at it this way. The Big Ten's getting one. Somebody out of Michigan – Penn State, Ohio State, and Iowa is getting in. I mean, wait, I say Michigan, 
Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa. Yeah, let's somebody, not overlook Iowa. They're in the Big Somebody Ten of those four are getting in. So, I mean, Georgia and Alabama are getting in, barring, you know, an absolute shocker. Georgia I, and Alabama are getting in. Boy, I can't imagine. I watched uh, quite a bit of that game uh, against Arkansas for Georgia, and that defense is absolutely electric. Who's going to – I mean – I, I get it. It's college football. You know, A&M could beat Alabama this weekend. I mean, crazy things happen, and crazy things happen this year. But, you know, I don't see Georgia or Alabama losing a football game, except one of them is going to lose when they play each other, and that's not going to be enough to knock them out. It's going to be two SEC schools, and it's going to be a Big Ten team, and then the question, I think, unless it's a one-loss Ohio State, because I think Cincinnati's getting in, it's going to be either Cincinnati or a Big 12 team. You need to look up and see what Cincinnati, the rest of their schedule, looks like at this it's point. It's not much. Because, I mean, it's either going to be Cincinnati or a Big 12 team. Cincinnati plays – their biggest test moving forward is going to be SMU. Okay. And that's at that's, their place. That's actually a test. But. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, ponies are pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. Um Here's, here's a hot take for you, and I know we're segueing over here real quick to SMU. Sonny Dykes, the next head coach at Texas Tech. You know, I've heard that the guy I've heard actually is, is uh, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. I'm friends with his, with his son. Uh, the guy at UTSA. Oh, yeah, Trailer. Trailer. Jeff Trailer. That's who I've that's who I've heard is somebody that they're targeting and looking at in, okay. in the early going. So I was just wondering, just because obviously Spike was there for so many years. I think it would be great, but I, I, I don't know that. Look, why is Texas Tech a better job than SMU right now? Now, like you said, his dad coached there. Maybe, maybe he doesn't want to do that because of that. Um, I mean, you know, you're thinking about the SMU campus – you can continue to rake in that that kind of dollars. The Tech's only thing no longer in like a power premier conference. Right, Big Twelve is going to go down quite a bit as far as prestige. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you do kind of question which one would be the better job right now. Which one would recruits want to go to? Yeah, more? I mean, well, that you, one you know the answer. <laughs> right, you want to go to Lubbock or you want to hang out in Highland Park? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I just thought that might be a, a question. You know, mm-hmm. at least moving forward. Uh, would be an interesting one to see. Maybe if he ends up landing there. Uh, talking I think, about, I think it's that it, it's two SEC. It's a Big Ten. Nobody from the ACC, and it's going to be. Is it is it an undefeated Big Twelve champ or or like a twelve and one Texas? Because don't kid yourself, these guys don't play anybody the rest of the year. Yeah, Iowa and State one, was supposed to be the big the uh, challenge for Oklahoma. They played, Texas, right? The one team Texas played, they got curb stomped by Arkansas. But as we've seen with the Big 12 year in and year out, people just forget that. And so whoever wins Saturday will have a uh, – Now that, I think they may have to – one of those two teams may have to beat the other one twice uh, in order to get in over, say, a Cincinnati. Now, I will say this. Oklahoma State, say what you will mm-hmm. about who they've played so far this year, but they are five and up. And they do always. Mike Gundy always. He, I think Gundy could play spoiler. Gundy ain't getting them in the playoff. No, 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 but no. He no, could no. he could spoil no. it and keep the Big Twelve out yeah. of it. I think yeah. I think he could beat either Texas or Oklahoma this year. Yeah. Uh, if if either one of those teams, you know, depending on who wins this Saturday, but that should be a really good matchup that Red River rivalry. And of course, we'll talk about some of the big matchups on Saturday. 
Uh, Texas coming in at number 21 after not being in the poll. Not really surprising there, right? No, and that's fine. Like, Texas, we know what they're going to get. They're going to get all the all the love, uh, whether earned or not. And then, again, if you look around the teams around them, okay, fine. You know, whatever. I mean, they're 4-1. and one. They, they beat a couple teams that are – that get your attention on name only because Texas Tech is is awful and TCU is not any good and uh, and the Horned Frogs gave them a good final Saturday. and yeah TCU could have won that game and Rice who you know they're beating up the old SWC after taking a mortal ass kicking by a team in the SC, the old SWC in Arkansas so like I said people have forgotten the Arkansas beat down um, and then they get to go play cupcakes for a few weeks. I did check with the in on of OU. I did check in on Ula La what had they done since Texas? They have gone 4-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beaten the likes of Nichols 27-24. Yep. Yeah. Uh, ran past over. Ohio. Um, Georgia Southern 28-20 and South Alabama got them 20 to 18 this past week. So they're, like I said they're not any good. Uh yeah, not real real great are the Raging Cajuns. The record looks nice, but that's that's yeah. about it. Um Kentucky, boy, Kentucky really played spoiler with Florida on Saturday. I was not expecting that. I will, you know, when I first saw Kentucky in week 1, I said, "Uh-oh, they got a little passing game to go with." Yeah, Chris Rodriguez pretty dang good back too. He's a good back and then all of a sudden you know, they barely beat – I don't remember who it was. Like, it was like East Tennessee or – Yeah, it was – I remember it wasn't even like It, was it wasn't even like Middle Tennessee or Western Kentucky. I yeah. think it was East Tennessee or it was one of those, and, and they almost lost to them. So you kind of went, uh-oh, they, they got to have some issues to come yeah, that close. Chattanooga. Clo- Chattanooga, yeah, to come that close to losing that game. And, uh, man, what a win for Kentucky. What a win for Mark Stoops. Is there anybody in college football in the last five – years or so that's done a better job than him at what, with what he's done there. No. It's no a, one ever thought they'd ever be any good at that place. And I think it's an even better job than what Mullen did at Mississippi State as far as getting uh, into relevancy. I do too. Because Mississippi's got a lot of talent, and not all those guys are going to Ole Miss. Not and all it's of them also are going a to football place. Right. You know, it's not – it's baseball too, but, I mean, it's, it's not like Kentucky is like – Football is just an afterthought. Oh, absolutely, there not only at that school but in that state. So yeah, for what he's done, it's pretty. It's pretty remarkable. That and racing, uh, horse racing. What I will say <laughs> about Mullen though is that you, that team that came in here the other day, mm-hmm. and they're not very, very. They look, they look fine. They don't look terrible, but they came in there and that team. He had Mississippi State number one in the country for seven weeks. He did. He did. He really did. But that was about it. You know, they were just respectable all around that. Right. But and still, to get them there and for seven straight, that's incredible. And look at the product. I mean, look at what Dak Prescott's doing right now for the Cowboys. So, I mean, he mm-hmm. recruited him and uh, kind of coached him up in college. No question. All right, guys, going to take a quick break. When we come back, Billy and I will talk about the game on Saturday. Where do the Aggies go from here? Again, it's the Blue Hour powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop live from the tap. King Ranch is known for their uncompromising stewardship and authenticity. That's lasted for seven generations. It's the Blue Hour. Live from the tap on the zone. The tap on Harvey Road has been serving BCS since 1990. If you're hungry, the huge kitchen features a menu with a large selection of unique items like deep fried fajita bites or a four inch high club sandwich. See the menu at thetapbcs.com or on DoorDash. Join the tap Mondays and Thursdays for the new live broadcast all about Aggie football at six or live trivia every Friday. Karaoke Mondays, piano bar Wednesdays, and live bands are also tap specialties. Even book your next event or office party with the tap. Go to thetapbcs.com for more. More info. 
opening the door to the King Ranch Saddle Shop in Century Square, you're immediately hit with the unmistakable scent of high-quality leather. Everywhere you look, boots, apparel, and accessories to home goods, luggage, and gifts, you see King Ranch's love of ranch style and functionality. King Ranch is known for their quality, stewardship, and authenticity that's lasted for seven generations. Only the best is good enough, and our products are meant to be passed down for generations. The King Ranch Saddle Shop has found a home in Aggieland at Century Square on University Drive. Stop in and spend some time with us. All right, everybody in the car. Justin's big game is tonight. Ugh. Now what are we going to do? Looks like he might have to forfeit the game, son. Car problems keeping you in last place? At B&B Automotive Services, we're fast and dependable. We know how much you rely on transportation. So when you need repairs, call B&B Automotive or look them up on the web at b-bauto.com. B&B Automotive. We fix it fast so you don't finish last. This is ESPN Radio. Coach Nick Saban joining us. I love coaching. I like teaching. I like being around the players. Brian Day, head coach at Ohio State. We're very young, freshman quarterback. Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Is it Boomer Sooner or is it Roll Tide? I tell them Roll Sooner. That's what I tell them. Derek Brooks, Pro Football Hall of Famer. If they win the second Super Bowl, our defense yes. or this defense? <laughs> Joe Namath is with me. Man, I got goosebumps listening to you. All pro tight end for the Niners, George Kittle. Why'd you have to stiff arm Tracy Walker to third like that, man? I gotta get my yap, man. Football Hall of Famer, he is the Ronnie Lodge. The most amazing guys in God. Touchdown. <laughs> As Brian Edwards just scores a touchdown for the Raiders to end it from the former Raider, you got the live reaction right here. ESPN Radio, weeknights and weekends on Sports Radio 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. The Zone. The best is yet to come in College Station. Pressure coming, Zach avoids, runs to his right, has room, touch, runs 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Zach Calzada from 25-yard down, touchdown, Aggies. Join us Saturday. The Aggies host the Alabama Crimson Tide. Our coverage begins at 6 on your home for Aggies football. The Texas A&M Sports Network. Listen to Aggie football on 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. Online at RadioAggieland.com. Or, or tell your smart speaker to play Zone 1150. Hour powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop and live from the tap, King Ranch Saddle Shop. Only the best is good enough, and King Ranch's products are meant to be passed down for generations. Of course, we are hanging out here at the tap. By the way, they've got Monday Night Football Bingo, so be sure to show up for that. And of course, that one's at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going to be the Sandy or not San Diego Chargers? Gosh, where were we? Two thousand and seventeen or something Golly. over here? Eighteen? Yes, the uh, LA Chargers against the Las Vegas Raiders. So the two teams that um, no longer are in the same place as I thought they were. Um, but, no, they're going to be playing tonight at 7.15. Broadcast will be right here on the zone, but come on out to the tap. And you can participate in some Monday night bingo. That being said, Luch, uh, Texas A&M coming up short to Mississippi State on Saturday, 26-22. to The first thing that popped out to me following the game was, and I've said it before on this show, I think that Mike Elko is one of, one of, if not the best, defensive coordinators in the nation and making halftime adjustments. Very rarely do you see the Aggies come out 
and are if they've struggled or things that were getting them in the first half, it comes out in, in the second half that's the same. It's been that way even against Arkansas it was like that. Saturday night, I did not see much of that. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the scheme or that's just the guys were not able to execute. Might be a little bit of both. What do you think? I think it's always a, it's not always a little bit of both, but I think it was the other night. I think I think Leach had Elko's number um, yeah. Saturday night, I so and I think Elko usually has the uh, the play caller and the coordinator's number, particularly after as the game wears on. Um, I, I don't think it's that common, but I think they had the defense's number early in the Arkansas game, and, and Kendall Bryles, and I think it happened. So I think that – the defensive staff needs to go back and say, okay, you know, we, we're dealing with injuries too here. Not, mm-hmm. not, not like the offense when you lose your quarterback and then what happened to that O-line, but they started two true freshmen in the secondary against an air raid offense. But it just felt like here, – here's, here's the thing. I try not to overcomplicate this and be like, you know, some wild you, – you talk to these guys that think they know every X's and O's and – cloud coverage and you know try to get into the real intricacies of it everybody you know everybody wants to watch without going even back and re-watching the game and just assuming um here's the thing i saw a defense that wasn't playing that was playing on its heels for four quarters almost i mean there's a little stretch there where they kind of started to finally ramp it up but they were on their heels most of the football game uh, they seemed unsure of themselves, and then they were playing against an offense that dictated dictated the game. Yeah. They they were in attack mode. They went after a They went after Jalen Jones when they had to. They, you know, if a And M was taking away the middle of the field, they were working the outside. If if on the the times that a And M did dial up pressure, they'd pick it up. He'd get the ball out of his hands quickly. Credit Will Rogers for playing exceptionally well, and that O line did a good job. But the Aggie defense didn't play good play well at all except for maybe about 25 percent of that football game and i know what a lot of people equate that you guys have touched on it as well in Texags is that you know you got this coverage was not working out but rogers never was pressured no uh, he got sacked three times on like 60 attempts which is unheard of um it, it's and look, if you want to tell me on 75% of those plays he got the ball out of his hands too quick for pressure to really do anything, if that's even true. If that's like, a thing. A, yeah, A, if, if you really can't at least knock a lineman back at least enough to make him throw it a little inaccurate. But even if on 75%, then what's a quarter of 60? That's on 15 throws. You, you still – that's if 75% you said, man, we just, there's nothing pressure could do. You still really didn't get to him, right? And I think, I think one of those three sacks came on the last play of the half. Uh, it was kind of meaningless, and not meaningless. It was a great play actually by Clemens, but it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. They were just trying to see if they could do something there. And then the other one was a, I think it was kind of a rare coverage sack where he kind of flushed him out a little bit, and they sacked him for like a one yard loss. Yeah, but then you got the secondary that's doing its bit. Uh, you Long story to- short, no pressure, and, and they sacked they sacked Mississippi State quarterbacks six times last year in that game. Mm-hmm. I think they forced three turnovers. Um, this time they couldn't get to them much. They didn't force a turnover. That's in, in games, Zach. Again, five opposition this year, 
A&M's forced one turnover, and it came on like the second or third play against Colorado. So they've essentially gone three full games against power five opponents without creating a turnover. Right. And they've got Bama coming in. Yeah. Are they going to go four games? They're only four against power five, and they they have forced a total of one turnover. That's completely unacceptable. And that tells me it's a defense that's not playing really aggressive football, especially with the players they have. When I look at, you know, Leal and and Peavy and Jackson and Clemens and Johnson and and, – you know, Hansford has made plays in his career. We didn't see as much of Edger and Cooper this week. We've heard how good he's going to be. And then uh, Antonio Johnson looks spectacular out there. And then you've got veteran safeties in Damani and, and Leon. And Jalen Jones, despite what he showed on Saturday, is a really good corner. So I know there are injuries and stuff, but I just don't think there's there hasn't been – this hasn't been an aggressive fly-around physical defense – they had some physical moments the other night, but they just haven't been like a swarming, confident, looking like they really know what they're doing, flying around type of defense. They're looking like not, Georgia's defense. They're, they're not we blowing crap up either. Like, yeah. Like, I know you rushed three most of the game, and part of the problem probably for Elko is he probably thought my three can consistently beat their five. And that's a tall ask, but it's also he watched his guys kind of to some level, do that last year. Now, they had a bunch of sacks last year, and I know Hansford had one, or maybe Hansford and Buddy, and I know they blitzed. uh, Brian Williams got in there and got one last year. Some of that was from the blitz, too, and that blitz really never seemed to get home on on the few times they did it on Saturday. How much of the play from the defense this year, do you think how much or how badly, I guess you could say, are they missing Buddy Johnson this season? I mean, could you um, say, well, if Buddy was here, that might not have happened? Are there instances uh, where you've seen that? I think Buddy certainly made everything look a little better, no question. But I, the linebackers, yeah, they're missing him to answer your question, no doubt. I don't know how much different. I, I think I actually, think, I actually think they're missing Bobby Brown a lot more than we thought, too. And, yeah. and we, guys that I haven't seen a whole lot of impact from. Thus far, like, you know, McKinley Jackson, uh, Hansford, although he was active the other night, I thought, uh, you know, Miles Jones has been hurt and he has surgery today, so he's he's done. Um, Miles is done. Keldrick Brian George Carper's is done. missed several weeks with a concussion. I think, I don't even know if it's a concussion, actually, but he's missed several weeks now. Um, Brian George now out for the season, so you're you, – you're getting to where your Shamar Turner's out, and he was he was wheeling around with mm-hmm. his foot in a cast Saturday. So they're getting pretty they're getting hit pretty damn hard on defense too. Not to mention they lost Blades before the season, but Blades nobody was counting on him to do anything. But that's a pretty long list, particularly in, in the secondary. Yeah, uh, without a doubt, injuries on both sides of the ball. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know that nothing that perhaps as major as losing your starting quarterback. Obviously, Zach Calzada uh, starting his um, second game. Uh, he's now played, what, two and a half? Uh, Three, third, right? third game, third game, excuse me, New Mexico. I keep mm-hmm. forgetting that one. Um, can he improve this season, or is it just is it is what it is? He, um, he can improve when you talk to the players and you talk to the coaches, but 
He's uh, there's Miss, there's there he is. Wyckoff, hey, Wyckoff, John. <laughs> um, Ken's gonna be running the Monday night trivia tonight. Uh, I you know he can get better than he's played. I I, I he's got to settle down. He looks so. I I will ask so you so kind of over <laughs> overtaken by the the. The like gravity of the moment, yeah, and it's like that to me is what's holding him back more than anything because that affects everything. It affects how you handle when when your coach yells at you because you're celebrating a two point. That's fine. Get yelled at. Get out there. Make the throw. Get the two point conversion. You know, like it just it affects how you respond to you know getting coached or getting yelled at or getting you know whatever. It, it affects whether you're willing to let that ball rip when you see two feet of separation or not. You know, it affects, oh, I didn't make that throw, so now what? And and it speeds up that mental clock. I, I'm just going to take off without any, like, real plan of what I'm doing. And so the mental side of it, I think, is affecting him more so than anything else. And you saw him, everybody's talked about it all week, him walking off the field. It's great footage by, you know, uh, our guys at KAGS over yeah, there. Yeah, Justin Woodard. That was Woodard that got yep. Yeah, it was great. And uh, love Woodard and Lucas, by the way. But it was it was just that you know he he's got to shake it. You you have to. I mean, like you don't I really feel, have a choice. I feel bad. Like I don't want. And I, I like I like Zach, and I think Zach's. I think I know he's a winner. I know he is, and he shows flashes of it. You saw that run late. Uh, you saw, you know, this is now twice where he's kind of started to rally him. He finished it at Colorado, but where he was much better when things were just kind of happening fast and maybe a little less thinking. You just have to go and do it. Right. You saw that. We saw that with young Kellen as well. You know, young Kellen was like that or, you know, as a, as a freshman. But, uh, no, right now, it, it, you know, if he doesn't start playing better, uh, they're going to have a hard time beating anyone, and he should start playing better. I and mean, we might not see it this weekend, but Jimbo Fisher, and he's got to see him do some better things, even against Alabama, to where at least he goes, okay, he wouldn't have done that last week or certainly not three weeks ago. Right. But I don't know how much. I did see some things Saturday night, and I'm not. Look, it's like the O-line. They definitely looked better in the run game. Yeah, but, they were opening but, up some but holes. But they, they got you killed. They got him sacked. And, and these, I don't think, were on Calzada. They got him just destroyed. At least one of the two sacks that knocked him out of the red zone and they had to kick a field goal instead of potential touchdowns. That happened tw- three times. Yeah. Where they got Late in the red one, zone and they yeah. got knocked out of the red zone and they had to kick three field goals. So, I mean, just turn one of those into a touchdown and how much different is this football game? I mean, you you win it. By the way, you win it because you're not back there trying to get out of your end and take a safety. That safety wasn't his fault. He got obliterated. It was third and 11. You know, he had to have time to let guys get 11 to 14 yards down the field and make a throw. He got obliterated. Nobody blocked the dude at all. They just whiffed on him. They whiffed when he got sacked the first time that cost him a a touchdown. He had to kick a field goal. And they also... Uh, you know, Bryce snapped it over the head, or you know, they weren't ready for the snap. That yeah, was a bad six, snap. 16-yard loss there before halftime when they were at the 48 with a whole minute to go. That may have cost them three to seven points. So, bad.
bad plays on the O-line are, are kind of killing him. And, and by the way, was it – no, I don't – was it the play before – trying to think of it was when, – when was – no, it wasn't the play before. But, you know, Fathery, a true freshman, gets called – we talked about Foster, a true freshman – Gets called for a devastating holding penalty at Arkansas. You know mm-hmm. that killed killed an important drive there when they were one of the two times they had the ball with a chance right to just tie it up. So the O line, while I do think they played better, and I think that's their formula. I think that's the five that they'll probably go with. I was going to ask you that. It seemed like that's the best one, at least the best combo. I like Kenyon. It, it, look, Kenyon at left guard. Now all of a sudden you have an All American left guard. Father at right tackle, I think he's better. Within a couple weeks, he'll be doing a better job at right tackle than Kenyon was doing, who's not a right tackle. If anything, Kenyon would have been a left tackle, but Jameer Johnson can't play right tackle because he's his left knee, so he has to play left tackle. Kenyon went from left guard to left tackle to, oh, by the way, now you need to play right tackle. That was That's not fair to him. And now Fathery, I think, will be better right tackle than Kenyon was in those first couple games. So I think you got better at two positions when you do that. and Because I, I think Kenyon at guard is one of the best guards in college football. That's a learning process all across the board. Uh, and they're going to have to learn in a hurry for Alabama this Saturday. That being said, we're going to hear from the head man, Jimbo Fisher, coming up. It's Jimbo Says, brought to you by B&B Automotive. We do it every Monday. And we'll take a quick break. It's the Blue Chi Hour. Powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop and live from the tap. Head out to their website at www.krsaddleshop.com. It's the Blue Hour on The Zone. I'm Chelsea Reber with your community calendar on The Zone. The 38th annual National Night Out is tomorrow. Neighbors are asked to turn on their front porch lights and spend the evening outside with neighbors and law enforcement. Contact your local police station to host a block party. Local students will join thousands of other youth on athletic fields across the nation on Wednesday during the 18th annual National Fellowship of Christian Athletes Fields of Faith event. Visit fieldsoffaith.com for details. The Texas A&M Art Galleries present Strokes of Genius Gallery Talk and Reception with Michael Grauer Thursday at 5.30 p.m. in the Start Galleries. St. Anthony's Catholic Church is holding a drive through barbecue fundraiser on Sunday at their pavilion on Tabor Road. Food starts selling at 10.30 a.m. Your home for Houston Texans football is Sports Radio 1150 a.m. and 93.7 FM. You can hear every game, home, road, all season long, right here on Aggieland's only all-sports station. I'm Chelsea Reber on The Zone. The Tap on Harvey Road has been serving BCS since 1990. If you're hungry, the Huge Kitchen features a menu with a large selection of unique items like deep-fried fajita bites or a 4-inch high club sandwich. See the menu at thetapbcs.com or on DoorDash. Join the Tap Mondays and Thursdays for the new live broadcast all about Aggie football at 6 or live trivia every Friday. Karaoke Mondays, Piano Bar Wednesdays, and live bands are also Tap specialties. Even book your next event or office party with the Tap. Go to thetapbcs.com for more info the flagship station for aggie athletics is the zone whenever the aggies are playing you can hear them right here at 1150 and 93.7 fm thanks to our listeners and our aggie broadcast sponsors park at traditions exceptional senior living first financial bank and cooper's barbecue here's a big gigum to all these sponsors listen to aggie athletics on the zone 1150 and 93.7 fm Game day on the zone starts three hours before kickoff with the Twin Peaks 
pregame show, and it's powered by TexAgs.com. Game Day on the Zone is brought to you in part by Gage Gandy Bill Bonds, Bobcat of the Brazos Valley, Tradition Mobile One Lube, and Frontier Communications. After listening into the pregame show, you can hear every Aggie football game, home road national championship, right here on Sports Radio 1150 and 93.7 FM. Yeah, I hope they got it right. Hey, it's David Nuno, host of Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers, and it's time to get it right, guys. Next week on the show, it's obviously Alabama week for AM. We will get you ready for that big game. We'll obviously get you into the game against Mississippi State as well. Did the Stars show up in that one like needed? How about that defense? Did they feast on the Bulldogs? Did Calzada get comfortable? All that and much, much more. It is Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. You can hear that right here on The Zone. Welcome back to the Belucci Hour, powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop and live from the tap, King Ranch Saddle Shop. Fun fact, in Texas, King Ranch is the largest producer of turf grass for both residential and commercial use. In fact, a golf course has King Ranch turf grass on it. So there you go. It's Jimbo Says Every Monday, brought to you by B&B Automotive. This family-run business wants to take care of your family, making your transportation a priority. The head man of Texas A&M football sat down with the media earlier today. Billy and I were talking a little bit about the defense earlier, and Jimbo was kind of asked, hey, where did things go wrong on the defensive side of things on Saturday night? So here's Jimbo. You know, we didn't get home with some pressures, and they blocked us, and we had to, we had to tightly cover some, got to cover a little better to allow that to get home, and then play and, you know, get 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 there if we can or maybe come up with a few others and got tackle in space better. We had some opportunities, we just didn't tackle in space, and we grabbed, had a holding. We had a cover down, had a perfect scenario with about 14 minutes to go, and unfortunately got a holding call on a pass interference that cost us a big play. So, I mean, there's a lot of things we can do better. And obviously, listen, when you don't win a game, you go back and you reevaluate everything, you look at everything, you why you did, you ask your, why you made that call, why you made this call, why you made that call. You do that each and every day of everything you do. When you win, still making sure why you do it. But when you lose, you're evaluating everything. And like I said, we just got to coach better and play better. Something that he did bring up that I noticed uh, fairly quickly was the tackling. And yeah. that has been – a definite issue, and and even taking angles at times too. I feel like the, the guys that, are just that's going very hard to correct style with in your head though, because it's like these guys, most of them have played a lot of football. Why the hell are they still taking bad angles? It's like that's that's a football instinct thing. Yeah, and you either do or you don't. I don't know. It, I mean, I don't recall that last year a lot. Do you? I did not, and I thought it was like these guys had played a lot more football. And they're just they're getting more and more comfortable on the field in the system, and I thought we'd see even less of that this year. But instead, uh, it seems like we're seeing more. Uh, it was a problem a couple of years ago, and I thought that I thought with these veterans and and guys that are playing more and more, I thought we were getting past that, but not necessarily the case. Um, I mentioned you know Jalen had a tough night. He got beat. He fell down on and man to man on that touchdown. Um, couple times in the last two weeks where A&M's been crucified in man for TDs. You know, yeah. devastating touchdowns. Both those games absolutely just soul-crushing scores to happen in, in a, just the way and the moment they did. Um, he got he face-masked the guy on a play that, that it was a good coverage called. 
he did a great job of not letting him off the line. Rodgers just threw it away. It was going to be a field goal try. And stuck his hand out. Uh, or was that – yeah, that was a third down play. It wasn't a fourth down. He, just, he grabbed his face mask, and that turned to three into seven. You know, I mean – with him, at least youth is a could be a very well be a factor. I know that he's played a lot of football, but I think he's played enough for it not to be a factor. But I just think Jalen, you know, I think it started bad and it kind of snowballed. Guys have those days. Jalen Jones, a hell of a player. Oh yeah, and I think he's going to only get better for the Aggies. He's going to be out. You know, he, I think he's going to be an All SEC player, but he wasn't. You know, on Saturday, and then was it who got called for that? hold the defensive holding there that was a big one too i don't know oh gosh was that really? Chappelle? and it was a bad call like i, I forget who that was. i think it was Chappelle. maybe it was yeah. i did not like the call but he had a pretty good game i thought i, I like he impressed me yeah i think with with him and Jalen, they, they could have something nice there at corner even a little later in this year it doesn't even have to say like down the road i think Chappelle. um but they called whoever for that that penalty the defensive holding or pass interference and it was cheap. That would have got him off the field with like it was something like eleven something minutes left. It, it basically cost them six more minutes of clock in and then they ended up forcing a missed field goal on that drive, but it appeared they got off the field and there was like twelve minutes left and then they ended up and ended up being like six minutes when they got the ball back. It, in, in the grand scheme of things, that play cost them one more fourth quarter drive, which would have been, you know, obviously worth its weight in gold. I'm looking at it right here. The play, it was uh, third and 16 to start their, their, their drive. So they're up. They are up at that time uh, 24 to 19. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Aggies had scored. Mississippi State got the ball. It's third and 16 from their own 31 with 14.27 left. So you're less than a minute into the fourth quarter. you got plenty of time. And you, you look like you get off the field. And, and there's 14 and a half minutes left. So say after the play, there's 14. Oh, here it is. There's 14.17 left. So in over, good field position. Over 14 minutes. By the time the Aggies drive started after forcing a missed field goal, they, they knuckled down and got the stop. Eight minutes left. So it absolutely it cost you six minutes of, of clock there, which minimum, a minimum, that's, that's an extra drive you had there. Yeah. You know, in addition to – so that was, a, that was a big turning point player. A couple of big turning point plays in that game. I, it's one of those SEC games where you lose by four points and you can name ten plays that if any one of them changed – the outcome could have been a hell of a lot different, and the outlook of the season would look a lot different. Hey, Zach Calzada, fourth quarter comeback. Home crowd, Kyle Field, making it happen. Everybody going nuts. Uh, Bama coming up, okay, we'll take our shot. But now, you know, after that, everybody mentally regroups. You go, oh, they could take out Mizzou, Missouri, South Carolina. Be sitting at five and two, maybe going into a bye with, uh, you know, with, with, Auburn coming up and hopefully getting Haynes King back. Right, it's things a, look it's a, a lot very different. different look. But you could you, you on, on almost all of those plays, the Aggies you know were on the wrong side of it in terms of the, either the mistake or the lack of execution or the near miss. Yeah, A and M wins. Wiedemeyer, 
Yeah. Uh, Nias Smith, down there. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that I think that, that kind of stings too. Yeah, I mean, uh, Aggies win on Saturday. You're thinking that 10-2 and two very well could be a, still be a possibility. Yeah. Um, but uh, as you said, you know, there's little things here or there. Now, with the team, obviously that's happened. Where do you go from here? Um, and coaches continuously, and Jimbo's no different, preach about focusing on the here and now what's going on in the locker room and with the players. Our job is to talk about it. Our job is to observe, kind of give our mm-hmm. opinions, your, especially your opinion on things. But Jimbo thinks a little bit differently. So Jimbo was asked about kind of tuning out the outside voices, uh, social media from fans and from media for that matter. So here's Jimbo on that. You block it out. Turn it off. Turn the social media off. Turn y'all off. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you you got you to lock into the, that room and only in that room and the people, family, and, and understand that at the end of the day, listen, y'all are doing your job. Everybody everybody has their opinions. Everybody's doing their job. Quit. When you write something good, don't listen. When you write something bad, don't listen. Move on. Eliminate the clutter. And that's that's you have to learn to do that. And in our society at this age and this, this young group, it's a very hard thing to do because they live, eat, and survive on it. They've got to learn to turn it off and – and understand that's part of growing up, that you're going to have to grow up and people are going to doubt you, they're going to love you, they're going to all based off what you do on a Saturday. And that's that's the world we're in. I and mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what people, it's what fans should do and it's what writers should do. And But you have to eliminate and understand who's really with you and what what has to happen and who's going to, you know, how you got to listen. And when you have down times or bad moments, you got to circle the wagons and trust the people right there with you and that are in the trenches with you and play ball. And at the end of the day, what you got to do. Uh, did not expect anything different from Jimbo, and I think if you're a fan, you don't want to expect to hear anything else. But, I mean, it's got to be nigh on impossible for these guys to block out that noise, even if you're not paying attention, if Twitter is down for a day or what have you, uh, or Facebook. I mean, <laughs> you're still going to hear it from, from people in your classes. You're going to yeah. hear it from ESPN. So, uh, again, it's almost – it's almost impossible, I feel like, to, to block out that noise. But, again, you're, you're asking these, these guys to be able to do that. You think they can do that? Uh, I don't think they can necessarily do it. I think they can stay off of, like, text ags and they can stay off of clicking on, like, the hot take quotes on, twi- on Twitter yeah. and things like that. All but that I, rat poison. But I think they have a hard time staying away from it in terms of, just totally avoiding it. You I mean, know, they're partic- human too. Particularly Twitter. I think that's the one. If I would advise any college athlete, you know, when things are going bad or when you think it's going really good, I would say stay off. Or, or like, I wonder if co- if coach has ever done this and like show a team all the accolades and be like, hey Zach, you see this? Do you want do you do you like this? Yeah, yeah. Then keep busting your ass and keep practicing. Or I've noticed you've had a bad couple weeks. Get your crap together or this is going away. Right. See, no one's saying this about you anymore. They were saying this in August when we weren't playing. Now that we're playing, they stopped saying it about you. You know, how do you feel about that? I, I would do – or, or the, uh, the other way would be – I mean, this just sounds stupid. Like, they don't have time to do this in college football. But, like, get up there and say – I'm going to read you everything they're saying about you right now when it's all good and be like, you guys like this? Yeah, well, let, then let's keep doing what we're doing so it doesn't go away. I don't mind you reading your praise, but understand that the only reason you're getting it is because you're winning and because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, coaches don't have time to play those type of psychological. Yeah. 
I feel like battles, it's more, but it, it is there is some truth to it. Like they're gonna read it, win, lose, or draw. They just are. I don't. I don't think I, that would be my biggest piece of advice to a college athlete would be check off a of Twitter. And and again, it all comes down to how do they harness that? I mean, do they use that as as something that they can better themselves by? Um, you know, I think that they obviously have to answer to their teammates and even their own their own fans a lot more than just a random person on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can you use that to, to your advantage? Or are you going to let it hold you back? That's just like a lot of things in life. But getting getting philosophical here on the Bellucci Hour, right. guys. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break Awkward. again. That's that's Jimbo says. Brought to you by B and B Automotive. Whether you take advantage of their free loaner car while yours is being fixed, or use their pickup and delivery service, B and B Automotive earns your business. Going to take a quick break. When we come back. We're going to get our Ask Billy segment as we do at the end of every show. So you can text it in, 979-693-1150, 979-693-1150. Carly and Kobe also passed out some cards if you'd like to send some questions up here for Looch. Again, it's the Bluchy Hour, powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop on the zone. All right, everybody in the car, Justin's big game is tonight. Uh, now what are we going to do? Looks like he might have to forfeit the game, son. Car problems keeping you in last place? At B&B Automotive Services, we're fast and dependable. We know how much you rely on transportation. So when you need repairs, call B&B Automotive or look them up on the web at b-bauto.com. B&B Automotive. We fix it fast so you don't finish last. Opening the door to the King Ranch Saddle Shop in Century Square, you're immediately hit with the unmistakable scent of high-quality leather. Everywhere you look, boots, apparel, and accessories to home goods, luggage, and gifts, you see King Ranch's love of ranch style and functionality. King Ranch is known for their quality, stewardship, and authenticity that's lasted for seven generations. Only the best is good enough, and our products are meant to be passed down for generations. The King Ranch Saddle Shop has found a home in Aggieland at Century Square on University Drive. Stop in and spend some time with us. The flagship station for Aggie Athletics is The Zone. Whenever the Aggies are playing, you can hear them right here at 1150 and 93.7 FM. Thanks to our listeners and our Aggie broadcast sponsors, Schulte Roofing, Prosperity Bank, Hargrove Insurance, and Rudy's Barbecue. Here's a big gigum to all these sponsors. Listen to Aggie Athletics on The Zone 1150 and 93.7 FM. On Sports Talk, Chip visits with John T. Edge about his TV show, True South. But I think all of it's about a belief in place, a belief in the South, a belief in the people who live here, flawed though we may be, working towards something better. You know, that's, yep. that's, as I get older, that's kind of what everything's about. Sports Talk, taking you on a journey each weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 on Sports Radio 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Are the Cardinals for real? The Arizona Cardinals are for real. You are what your records say you are, and they're number one in that division right now, and they'll probably stay there for quite some time. I love when I hear a key just stamp that feeling. It, it, I, I've been a fan of watching this team play the last couple of years, and Max, we've talked about how they progressed. They've gotten better and better each year. Below 500 two years ago, 500 last year, now off to a hot start. And Kyler Murray is one of the most entertaining players there is in all of sports to pay attention to. And that's a team that most picked to finish fourth. 
in that division, but we all acknowledge well, any one of those teams could win the, the division. 49ers could support, uh-huh. it looks like. Right yeah, now. right now, but any one of those teams in the preseason, you said, they could go on a Super Bowl run. Any one of those four teams. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, powered by WC Tractor, here on Sports Radio 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words. I wish I found some chords. Welcome back to the Belushi Hour, powered by King Ranch Saddle Shop, and live from the Tap King Ranch Saddle Shop. Follow them on Instagram at King Ranch Saddle Shop. Zach Taylor alongside Billy Lucci. It is time for Ask Billy. It's our final segment of every show that we do, both Mondays and Thursdays. And Billy, I'm going to ask you this question How can the Aggies get Anaya Smith? more involved in the game uh you heard the, i mean the guys that were broadcasting the game on uh sec network on on saturday night you know they were bringing up anias and just being able to get him involved obviously i've not seen him in the backfield uh like we generally have yeah. again you've got devon a chain and anias smith but how can you get numbers in the game i think well first of all i think if they had better blocking on the perimeter I would like to see them just take, you know, take a shotgun snap, flip it out to him in the slot, just kind of that little bubble. Um, but their blocking on the perimeter hasn't been any good, you know. So that would be one way. Um, and I, man, you know, they got him at the punt return. Nobody returns kicks anymore anyway, and you've got a chain for that. Um, I, I personally, and I, I just don't know how much work this takes, but I've seen Kentucky do it. I've seen other teams do it. I I've been saying for weeks I I I wouldn't mind I'm not saying this is in place of Zach Calzada like Kentucky did with Lynn Bowden a few years ago but I'd love to see Wildcat whether yeah. it's just him and one running back but him get him Isaiah and A chain back there I mean that that seems dramatic to do during a week of practice maybe that's something you implement during the bye but then by then you're hopefully getting Haynes King back I know Jimbo alarm people. Uh, today, when he said it's going to be a while or a long while, whatever it was, his wording made it sound like even further. And I get it. You don't rush Haynes King back. But I think, what are we, from Colorado to Auburn, what is that? That's that's a week to New, to New Mexico. It's to uh, – Now we're doing math on the radio. Hold New Mexico, on. Arkansas, uh, Mississippi State, Alabama – uh, Missouri, South Carolina by Auburn. That's eight weeks. That's eight weeks from injury to Auburn game. That's seven weeks from injury to him returning to practice. I think that's – I don't think that's out of the question at all. And, and maybe to Jimbo that seems like an eternity from now until then. Or, or maybe I'm off and maybe it's the, the following game. Or maybe you go the season's a wash and we're not going to risk him. But I think he's coming back. And I think that would be – kind of a time I'd look at. So, yeah, I don't think you implement that in a buy, maybe, but something to get him the ball. I mean, yeah, I do think you can wildcat him a little bit. And maybe you can't go all crazy with wildcat and get all three of them on the field at the same time and run the – but I think you can wildcat and run zone read. I remember A&M did that a little bit with Christian Kirk a few years ago when they were having some issues right. uh, getting him the ball. People forget about that. That was Kellen Mond. That was, I think that was when Kellen took over for yeah, an injured year. Starkle. And, and so, 
Yeah. My question is, would Jimbo be willing to do something like that? I mean, probably. Desperate times probably call for desperate not, measures, but, but yeah, desperate times call for desperate measures. We'll have to keep an eye. I, on I that. do want to see him get the ball more. He's a playmaker. Period. Uh, same with a chain. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many times he touched it. He had a hundred yards of offense on like ten touches. Yeah. So yeah. it makes you wonder what does he do with sixteen touches? How can you how can you spread the ball more? Yeah. Than the playmakers. We're saying for we sure. want everybody to get the ball more. Well, then they have to have more plays, which means the defense can't give up. 16 play drive and they got to get off the field you know so it, it all it all ties in together and a&m really had their finger on the pulse of that last year they were almost perfect that harmony was almost perfect in that regard and that was like kind of almost the perfect jimbo fisher mix and creation helping elko out elko was helping him out and the defense was getting off the field and the offense but all those things are kind of failing right now, and it, it's it's hard to get it you know get it all back in that neat little package they had. And then so much of that has to do, Zach, to me, with just so many inexperienced guys out there as a result of so many injuries. Because you're already going to be inexperienced on the O line, which was scary, and at quarterback, and quarterback, which was scary. And then he gets hurt, the quarterback that was clearly the standout during camp and the off season. And then you've also dealt with injuries on the O line and the secondary. It just hasn't it, – it has not been a fun thing to watch this year because it's just been so, like, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, and again, everybody looks at the wins and losses and wants to judge a team based off of that. But there is – I mean, you cannot do that without factoring in the other things as well, including uh, the big injuries. But we're hoping that the Aggies will be able to kind of shore things up this week. We will be previewing the game against Alabama on Thursday – so be sure to come back out to the tap for that one. That should be a, a good preview. Lots of folks coming to town for the ball game. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for the Bluchi Hour today. Again, the Bluchi Hour brought to you by King Ranch Saddle Shop. Be sure to go check them out. You can go uh, see them today in Century Square on University Drive across from campus. I'm Zach, and he's Billy. You've been listening to the Bluchi Hour from the tap on the zone. Shop local, buy local, save it's not every day you can save money. Oh, wait, you can. Hi, Jenny here from Big Deals. When you shop Big Deals, you'll save money every day on dozens of gift certificates from local businesses like these. Howdy's Pizza, BCS Tire Pros, Cotton and Oak Home and Style, Cilantro, Mexican Grill, and more. Visit AggielandBigDeals.com to save big. AggielandBigDeals.com. We interrupt this sound file. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you this special sports presentation exclusively on the Sony 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Westwood One. Your, your home for Aggie football, Aggie basketball, and Aggie baseball is the Zone 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. This is KZNE. College Chargers and the two meetings last season. Both teams won on the road. Both games came down to the final play. It is the first meeting between the Raiders and Chargers where both teams are above 500 since 2002. ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes today on SportsCenter on tonight's matchup. Really comes down to whether they can keep up their pass rush. In particular, the edge rushers, Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, have been so good early on. Can you get pressure on the outside? That is where you should have an edge, but... These Chargers offensive linemen have been playing good as well, so we'll see if they can buy Herbert some time. 
Raiders and Chargers kick off in about 15 minutes. Monday Night Football from Inglewood, California on ESPN-TV and the ESPN app. Chargers enter tonight having won six of their last seven one-score games. Running back Josh Jacobs is active tonight for Las Vegas. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo hopeful to be playing this weekend. He will be reevaluated in the next couple of days. Garoppolo soared today, according to head coach Kyle Shanahan. He suffered a calf contusion in Sunday's home loss. 49ers will be without kicker Robbie Gould for three to five weeks. Gould suffered a groin strain against the Seahawks on Sunday. Mets announced today they declined its option on Luis Rojas' contract for 2022. Red Sox host the Yankees Tuesday night at Fenway Park in the AL wildcard game. Entire MLB postseason can be heard here on ESPN Radio. Tomorrow night's coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Hey, it's Greeny and week four, not yet done. Chargers, Raiders, a good one, an AFC West battle, and we'll be here to break it down with you Tuesday. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. This is Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 8. All right, things have escalated. Uh, Jason Fitz was already wearing head-to-toe Raiders gear. Sweatshirt, sweatpants, leggings underneath the sweatpants, T-shirt underneath the sweatshirt. Giant fake chain around his neck. But by the end of his digital show with Shea Pepler, from previewing tonight's Monday Night Football game, he painted his face poorly, might I add. He looks like he's going to get an eye infection. He did not leave enough room around his eyes, minus the paint. And also, he's about to walk into the radio studio, put on some headphones, presumably and hopefully his own, Otherwise, Mike Gold Jr. is going to walk in there tomorrow unsuspecting anything and uh, not suspecting anything, unsuspectingly. Either way, he's going to walk in there, not going to know what happened, put the headphones on. He's going to have a pair of paint sideburns. I don't know why Fitz needs to take things so far. I mean, I appreciate it on one hand. On the other hand, I'm a little worried about the energy that's going to be walking into this room momentarily. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain celebrating a big Bears win. Fitz hoping for a Raiders win tonight. We're ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. By the way, uh, Fitz made game picks on that digital show, and he picked the Raiders. You do recall, of course, that we made our own picks on Friday, and he picked the Chargers. So I'm going to have to follow up on that. No integrity from Fitz. He got caught up in the moment. The face paint melted into his brain. He forgot what his pick was. We'll address that. It's Spain and Fitz brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Before Fitz gets here, I do want to point out, I'm a little bummed. Uh, the Bears win yesterday, of course, solid. Anything would have been an upgrade from last week, even a loss that looked promising. But they actually got a W over the Lions, who had been competitive. I know the Lions are a laughingstock, always and forever. But they were competitive against some good teams, and the Bears pretty much handled them. They made it too interesting at the end, but the Bears start to finish looked in control of that game. Unfortunately, David Montgomery suffered a knee injury. 
There was a fear at one point it was an ACL tear. NFL Network reported that it was just a hyperextension with no serious structural damage, but we don't know how long he's going to be out. Damian Williams, you, of course, remember from the Chiefs, had a great Super Bowl. He's got a quad injury. So we might be relying on a rookie and running back Khalil Herbert to carry the load against Fitz's Raiders next week in Vegas. And that was a huge part of what the Bears were able to do. Season high of 39 carries and 188 yards against the Lions yesterday. That was a big part of why they were able to do what they do. The biggest part was that Matt Nagy gave over play calling. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. But yeah, that was uh, that was a big part of it. Matt Nagy let someone else do the work and then afterwards still tried to claim the credit for it. We'll get into that with a little good take, hot take.